0: Hey Everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Trying to stay warm. Oh, right. Cold and snowy at our in our uh neck of the woods, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, it's been below zero every morning this week. Dang. Oh, yeah. I hate
0: that. I can do 10, 15 degrees even. I'm all right. But below mm. zero, forget it. I know. Rude. I know. It is. It's super rude. And Christmas is over. And it's yeah. almost New Year's. And it's just weird. Like, I don't know. This is a weird time, I think. Because you're all still that. off schedule and, yeah, you know, everything. Because it's about to be a holiday again. And I don't know. Yeah. It's all right. I'll take it. It's
1: kind of nice for it to all be done. But yeah, But I mean, you consider it like this. We are 28 hours away from saying bye and bye to 2020.
0: Okay. And I am thrilled about that. I've never been happier to say goodbye to a year before in my life than I am this one. And that Mm -hmm. is with fingers, toes, everything I can cross, hoping that 2021 is going to be better and not worse. (laughs) Because... I so think it's going to be better. Everything I, I do,
1: too. I've done a few. I do a 12-month t- reading. Yes. For, you know, for people that order one from me. And
0: mm-hmm. the ones
1: I've done so far, the ones I did last year were daunting. Mm-hmm. And I can remember telling my husband, I don't know what the hell 2020's got going, but uh, something is wrong. These readings are all, I even said, am I really negative? Like, what the hell? Why am you know? <laughs> No, it was just the readings anyway, but uh, I've done several of them so far. I've got a handful, well, a stack to go, but anyway, I, they're better.
0: They're better. I hope
1: it's not wishful thinking, but they
0: definitely are coming out better than last year's. That's what my readings for people have been saying too, but you know, Mm -hmm. fingers
1: crossed. Yeah. I did a 2020 prediction show for one, two radio Mm -hmm. and I filmed that yesterday morning and it too was better. There were some interesting uh, predictions that came out of it about tech this year. About uh, uh, the big tech we're going to see this year is electric cars with way mm-hmm. better batteries than Tesla has. Ooh. And yeah, some pretty interesting.
0: There there. Tesla is about to be obsolete, which I think is kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that we'll actually see a finally an actual
1: like, Funeral and uh, true end of Kim Jong-un sometime halfway through the year. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Several things like that, that I went, okay. okay. It's going to be a different year, but it, it, it looks like in lots of ways a better year. Uh, stock market mm-hmm. looks really, really solid this year. I don't know. We'll see. But the predictions that came out for me were, I went, I can take 2021. I can handle this. Awesome. Uh, however, I was told that the uh, virus is going to mutate two more times. Mm. So that uh, mutation we're seeing right now in Europe, we're going to see two more of those. Ah, okay. Interesting. And that we're still going to have another year of being masked. Um, wow. We'll see things kind of mm-hmm. start getting a little more back to normal as we get more people immunized, but we're still going to be a little more masked. Um, if you want to get a twelve-month reading from me, just uh, actually, Christy, maybe if I send you a link.
0: Yeah, send it to me. Well, post- but
1: you can just do it. Listen, I'll tell you this: you just. I am a professional advisor at 12listen.com. That's number one, number two, listen.com. Just find me there, Katie Weaver. And it's under my email services. So you buy it from me. And then here in the next several days, I will make it. It's a video. And so I make it. I send you a private YouTube link so no one can see it but you. And then you can watch your video as many times as you want.
0: So that's how it works to get a 12-month reading. And that is a good way to go. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I did post all that right now. Thank you. In the chat so you can all see it. And just wanted to say welcome to Cranky, Innocuous, Patsy, RJ, Elaine, JR. We're not complete unless RJ and JR are here. hmm uh, Maureen. Let's see. Oriana. Oh, Bianca. 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 <laughs> Mouth of the South. <laughs> Kay. Okay. Welcome, guys. We're just happy yeah. to have all of you here tonight. We're sure. And Kay says, "Damn you, COVID!" Yes, yes, yeah. damn you, COVID.
1: Yeah. ten out of ten.
0: Yeah. So the
1: more important yes. question: What did you
0: make for dinner? Uh, what did I make for? Oh, tacos. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems so long ago. Oh. I made tacos. <laughs> it really wasn't that long ago, but I don't know. <laughs> I made tacos. They were good. Good.
1: Yeah. yeah. I always ask. We made steak and Mars made a big caprese salad.
0: Oh, you guys are addicted if, to caprese salad.
1: If, yeah. If you ask Mars to make a salad for dinner, it will always be a caprese salad. You know, so long as you have a fresh mozzarella and stuff in the house. But that's just a staple for us because that's, she would eat a caprese salad every single day. Yeah. And I'm not that's, complaining. Oh, Ooh. Cranky head!
0: grilled cheese
1: and tomato soup. You what I had for lunch? I found it. I hate a tomato
0: soup, bread. but
1: yeah, I found a keto bread that I don't hate. I don't love it either, but I don't hate it. Mm. It's a uh, Fran's brand. I don't know. Zero carb, zero carb no. bread. Uh, Zero percent of the carbs, a hundred percent of the styrofoam. But
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to eat know. it
1: right. But I made homemade uh, tomato soup so that it was low carb. And then I made tuna melts with that for lunch. That was fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Nice, ooh, marine. Oh, Maureen that had... down with pad Thai
0: shrimp. Nice, Elaine loves tacos. There you go. Yep, I love Thai happy. anything, marine. I don't actually oh, yeah. like shrimp, but Thai food in general, yes, mm. bring it on. Mm-hmm. Thai and Indian are my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a little Thai place here in my town that uh, is very authentic. The guy who owns it is a scream. And he doesn't even know he's funny. But I called there one day to order uh painting curry. And so the conversation goes like this. Hello, what you want? And I just like that. And I said it, it startled me. And I said, Oh, uh, can I get the, the painting curry? Okay, bye. Hangs up. <laughs> and I'm like,
0: oh,
1: oh no. So I called back. <laughs> And I said, hey, uh, on that pain, and again, like, see, so he answered the phone the same way. And I said, hey, on that pain and curry, can I get chicken? And he goes, chicken, yeah, bye. And hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter was in the car with me. She was absolutely dying. I had to call again. <laughs> and I said, hey, um, on that pain and curry, can I get no peanut? Because I went through a phase where I was uh, allergic to peanuts, and now I'm not. It's kind of great. But anyway. And he goes, no, peanut. Pain and curry, have peanut. And I said, I, I know. Can I get it without? <sighs> okay, bye. <laughs> so, and I'm like, it's whatever. I will go through whatever phone abuse I have to to get your freaking pain and curry because it's so good. So I go to pick it up and I go to pay for it. And he says to me, pain and curry, have peanut. You have to order it without. <laughs> I
0: was like, I mean, well, I,
1: really <laughs> <laughs> I apparently did not order correctly. I don't know what the secret system is, but.
0: <laughs> I say it really fast. Pain and curry, no peanut. That's what you say. And then he says, okay, bye. And eggs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's very funny.
1: Oh, that almost killed me. That was so funny. But <laughs> but their pain and curry, top notch.
0: Yeah, it is. With or yeah, without they're... peanut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> Well, it this is our Wednesday update show and mm-hmm. so we do have some case updates for you. The first in the Mast case. So, this is the murder of Jessica Mast. We just covered started covering this case this week. So there's a there's an episode on this case if you haven't heard it. It is a Oh, this is a brutal, brutal case. You guys, this is a 4-year-old girl mm-hmm. who was beat to death. By her neighbors and or her parents or all of the above um, in an attempt to, I don't know, exercise an evil spirit from her mother. <laughs> that was initially what they said.
1: Yeah. And now it's kind of just uh just to beat the demon out. You know, like it's yeah.
0: yeah. So we have been deep diving learning because these. Mm-hmm. These folks are from Missouri mm-hmm. and they are, what would you call them sort of lapsed Mennonites?
1: Well, they're shunned Mennonites.
0: Shunned Mennonites. That's right. Okay. That's the right word. They're shunned Mennonites. However, they still um, seem to follow a lot of the Mennonite teachings and are sort mm-hmm. of involved in this other really creepy um church situation so we're going to roll this out for you over time because this is happening in real time this this baby was only she died on on December 20th so this is all just happening in real time but as you know um, we're pretty interested in crimes that have to do with religious extremism and this is definitely one of those cases Mm -hmm. so today we read the probable cause affidavit because now There are four adults who have now been arrested and charged with her murder, and then her parents have also been charged with uh, neglect, failure to protect, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Because there's also a two-year-old little boy in this case who was really seriously injured, Injured. but who who is alive.
1: Yes, and and an 11-month-old baby boy that did not appear to be physically injured, but we strongly uh, suspect that he had been being disciplined in other ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Neglect. So these children have been taken by child protection uh, to protect them. And today we read the probable cause affidavit, which included the statement from the police who responded initially to this case when the little girl, Jessica's father, James called the police. Unfortunately, she was long dead. By the time he called the police, we are not going to read the probable cause. We usually do read nope. these on the air. Uh, we like you guys too much. It. Yeah. Yep. We will talk about what it says, but we're not going to read it because it is tremendously graphic. I have a lot of compassion for the police officers that were first on the scene in this situation because mm. it's absolutely horrifying. It's also just.
1: Insane. Insane.
0: Insane. Like the whole time, this is the, the conversations had with the parents are some of the craziest shit I've ever heard. In just the way that they described what had gone on, and were just totally deadpan too—like not devastated, not crying, not horrified that their child is dead and their other, and one of their other children is injured. There is like no emotional response to any of this, which is really strange. Although I am not sure it is so strange given their upbringing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So And, and let, given the fact that their four year old is literally laying on the floor
1: in her bedroom dead while this whole conversation is happening. It
0: has been for many hours before yeah. they even called the police and they waited until after they had killed her before they did. So let do you wanna, Katie, do you want to just give the basics of what happened?
1: Um so essentially, I mean, if we back it up. Yeah at some point there had been some conversation uh, or decision amongst them that the mother, Mary had a demon or so the story goes, that's going to change as this girl's out, but that's how the story initially went and that the neighbors were coming over to issue discipline to the family to drive out the demon and that the children would have to, uh, be a part of the discipline, or they would just take on the demon and, and then it would be their problem. So the story goes then that they'd been coming over twice a day for the last two weeks and issuing beatings to Mary and to the children, and occasionally to James if he showed any kind of compassion. He said to the cop that his daughter was running around the table to him for his help, and he said it was the craziest thing. While well, these people are literally beating his child to death. Yeah. So apparently sometime in the night on Saturday night, the 19th, they made them or they whatever. The four adults took the baby out to a pond on the property and made married, carry her out into the pond and hold her head under the water and then leave her on the bank. Now, it is below freezing. She is a tiny little four-year-old. It couldn't have taken long for hypothermia to set in. And besides the fact that they had nearly drowned her in the process anyway.
0: Well, but she didn't die out there.
1: No, because she, she died in her bedroom.
0: She threw up.
1: Mm-hmm. Horrible.
0: Then horrible. It will get into all the details because you don't yes. need to hear them all.
1: No. At some point, they move her back into her bedroom. James says to the cop, I put a
0: blanket on her. As like that some kind of and brought her a drink of water. Yeah. Yeah. How about There's... calling 911, you dumbass? No. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There,
1: there was vomit next to her. And of course, she did have a blanket on her, but she was she was dead. Anyway, that's when James decided that he was tired of the neighbors doing this to them and called the police. But this was
0: They brought her in about 7.30 p.m. and he didn't call the police till around midnight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So in trying to understand all of this, because we aren't particularly familiar with Mennonites and and kind of some of their beliefs and stuff. And I guess Mary was brought up in the charity church, which is similar to the Mennonites. And
1: Uh, so was uh, Courtney. They were both brought up in the
0: across the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the two men, James and Ethan, Ethan were
1: Mennonites
0: or Mennonite. So a couple of things that they're raised with. One is this concept of training up children. And apparently this is a very well-known practice in, And and we've seen this over and over again, repeated in, some of the groups we're watching about this, and in some of the documentaries that we've watched, mm-hmm. that basically children are beaten into submission. They yep. are beaten until they comply, until they submit, until they break. Yes, and that is considered training up children, mm-hmm. and that that is a well-known practice within this uh, belief system. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to bash anybody, but it's been pretty clear from our research that this is a very well known mm-hmm. practice, and that that um you know there sometimes people get shunned, and you know who gets shunned? People who don't submit, yeah Courtney, who is one of the the youngest adult involved in this, she was living in the neighbor's house across the street. she's twenty one I think, well, and she
1: had been living with James and Mary, right.
0: And then it's pretty clear that she and James were having an affair. Uh-huh. He was counseling her, apparently, which is another thing within this belief system. Um, but that seemed to involve them taking trips together along without his wife.
1: Mm-hmm. She and been, he'd been counseling
0: her since she was 18 and she'd, yes, been living with them. Yeah yeah so then that doesn't go well because finally the mary james's wife is like i've had enough of this so then she the
1: church that's why the mennonite church showed them to the door because there was an inappropriate relationship happening here yeah Yeah.
0: so she moves across the street with ethan and his wife phyllis and then apparently affair has commenced with ethan and this Mm -hmm. courtney person um but her own mother had had kicked her out for non-compliance. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're dealing with. The, the other thing that we're dealing with is the um, idea of non-reaction, which is a very common um, belief that's taught to people in this belief system that you don't fight back, you don't mm-hmm. respond, you don't react and that that is what sort of explains why James and Mary were allowing all of this to happen. Mm-hmm. They say that they were threatened with a gun, that they were threatened they would go to hell, that they were told that this is God saying that this should happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, none but of it.
1: that James had guns in the house.
0: Yeah, James had he guns had in the house. He had
1: his own guns. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which he, is he, it, interesting considering...
1: That James had charges just a couple of years ago for poaching. Yes. Oh, several, several
0: charges for yeah. poaching.
1: I, I'm guessing those guns were, yeah, we ran background checks on all of them. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a whole lot to find except for the poaching charges. And Ethan yeah. had some uh, vehicle infractions, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. He likes really dark tint on his cars. I <laughs> had yeah, a lot of tickets for that. Um. So anyway, so James calls the police at this point. And, and I, the, the statements, um, from the police that went into the house are just, they're just unreal. Jessica's body is in one room, mom and the infant are in another room. Dad is in a different room and the two-year-old is in a different room and the two-year-old is seriously injured. And they don't even know, the police don't even know this kid exists at first. Yeah. And they're having conversations with the parents and neither of the parents until one of them says, do you have any other children in the house? Do they mention the two-year-old who needs medical attention immediately? Yeah. And so then they, you know, bother to mention, oh, yeah, he's in his crib. And, and you know, black and blue from head to toe. Mm-hmm. Both of these children were.
1: Flat on his face. They said they found him flat on his face in his crib. Yeah.
0: yeah it's a blue.
1: miracle he lived through this.
0: He It absolutely is. So it's all, it's, it's so crazy. And that's why we're trying to understand the background of the uh, belief system to try to understand where this is coming from. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So basically they were all being disciplined by these neighbors and being told that that's what God wanted them to do. They had all kinds of surveillance cameras inside their house and when the neighbors would come over for the discipline they would unplug them all so there mm-hmm. was video of them coming into the house and then the cameras would go blank and then they'd get plugged back in after the neighbors left there's all of this stuff i mean very clearly these people knew they were doing wrong i don't think there's any question about that because mm-hmm. if you thought you were doing the right thing and this is what god wanted why why would you turn off the cameras yeah you know So there's court for them on January 5th. Is that right? Yeah.
1: All four of them go to court on January 5th. They have all four uh, entered pleas of not guilty. Yeah. However, in the criminal or, you know, in the initial complaint that the police have, or the police statements, James, Mary and Ethan all... Spill out, you know, spill it all out or you're basically them. denying everything
0: or most yeah. of it. Yeah, she's denying most of it. The rest of them, like in detail, tell the police what they did and why they did it. Yeah. Um. In this most deadpan way, the one officer wrote several times. He this. Person wasn't responding in a way you would expect with their child being dead, or you know, mm-hmm. like they were yeah. they were documenting kind of their emotional states. And, yeah. And it just wasn't like they even cared. It was so flat.
1: Just a matter of fact. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Totally. So um, we're we're still learning. There's a lot more to know about this situation. Um, it appears that they have been involved in some kind of uh spiritual group. That is yes. way focused on demons and exorcism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. and, a and so we're learning named, about
1: that. Yes. A guy named Steven Stusman. Yeah, He calls himself a pastor. It turns out he is nothing of the sort. He's a self-proclaimed pastor, but uh, he puts on seminars and teachings and apparently also was involved in counseling. Uh, Courtney at some point, and these people um, have been followers of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and apparently, you know, they now can just self-proclaim demons in other people. And oh, well, that is whole beating he, out of demons—it's—it's yeah. it's a new thing.
1: Yeah, Stu'sman has put out multiple uh, long, weird, rambling statements, and he wow. has some of the information he's providing, he's either, uh, really reaching or he had inside information and that's where I'm going. You know, yeah, he knew yeah. what was going on here, but he claims that Courtney has been a seer for some time now and was seeing, uh, you know, receiving revelation that she was passing on to the men and that they were acting on the revelation she was receiving. So, and that really supports on Monday when we first broke or, you know, reported this case, we said that we felt like that this may be some kind of a revenge thing on Mary because Mary had had an ass full of her living there and sleeping with her husband. Yeah. And now this is what's happening. It is just really, uh, it's really disturbing. But I want to share something that one of Mary's relatives wrote in a blog that I thought was pretty eye-opening. Her name is Margaret Zimmerman. Her blog is splashforripples.com. And I won't read you the whole thing, but I do want to share a piece. She says, as a close relative, I have known Mary Mast since the day she was born. The following are some burning questions that have been flowing through my mind since, since watching Mary's downward spiral from a sweet, loving, obedient girl to a state of great confusion, to participating in crime. The other participants each had a downward spiral of their own as well. Courtney Allman was in my home multiple times, some three years ago when I was teaching her how to sew, and she never spoke or acted in a way that was threatening to me or my children. Mary was as fresh-faced and glowing as any bride when she married James. I have no details about when the abuse first became a factor, but across the following years, many began noticing a lot of confusion with Mary still desperately trusting an increasingly abusive and unfaithful husband. She was made to believe that she deserves ill treatment and neglect, and that it was all her fault, that she wasn't pleasing God enough, that she has a demon and that needs ousted, etc., the circle of abuse grew wider by increments involving more individuals until the ticking time bomb exploded. Now, I'm not trying to exonerate Mary of any wrongdoing. She obviously made the mistake of not going for accepting health, help early on. Blah, blah, blah. But she appears to have been in an underlying in a terrible situation with no easy way out, especially so because of how her mind was somehow held captive by abusers. You know, I, and I'm no Mary apologist by any stretch, but I think that's an interesting peek into, uh, the life Mary has been leading. It looks like for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the culmination of some really bad things that have been going on for quite a while. And Mary Mm -hmm. was quite severely injured herself. Yes, she was. James had been beaten a bit as well. Um, but the the police really focused on James and were very perplexed as to why he had been allowing this to go on in his household for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Why he was letting these people come in. Why was he not defending his children? If he had a gun in his house, why did he not use it? Why did he not call the police? These are all the questions that we have mm-hmm. because they sat back and allowed this to happen. And according to the probable cause statement, um, they were complicit as well they were made to participate in some of the abuse and they did yeah yeah and they well, admitted fact, that themselves yes well the
1: belt that was used to beat mary and the children was james's belt james's
0: he belt. gave it to the police yeah yeah he did so we're going to continue to update on this case but this is what we know so far um we will continue to share it with Not too many details because it is very, 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 very triggering, but it's a case that's important to discuss and be aware of because we need to watch for these things. We need to be aware, you know, some, these adults were sucked in by people who taught them it was okay to let other people come in and beat their children to death. I mean, obviously there's some huge problems. Yeah. going on not just in this household but in this community so mm-hmm. we wanted to share that and we will continue to share as more things happen in this case That yeah. um, this if you want to look it up this is the jessica mast murder in missouri lincoln lincoln missouri mm-hmm. yeah or coal camp apparently these people live somewhere between coal
1: camp and
0: their address lincoln. is lincoln but yeah, there's some area called coal camp mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, this is where we're talking. And it and it's a very there's a lot of Mennonites in the area. And um these some of these folks and charity. In charity and charity for, and yeah. they came from Pennsylvania. Most of them originally came from Pennsylvania. So anyway, we're learning, we're gonna share more. Yeah, we just feel like it's super important that we talk about um these extremist ideas that can be so destructive. You know, we've been covering the Daybell Valo case for the very same reason. And so we feel like this one's an important one for us to talk about as well. So absolutely come back with more, but that's the update on the mass case that we have right now.
1: Yes. And of course we'll be reporting back uh, after they uh, have their day in court next week. It'll be an interesting week because on the fifth, these four go to court and on the sixth, the Daybell Valo case goes to court to decide whether, uh, There will be an ouster of the prosecutor. Right.
0: Yeah. So very interesting. Lots of stuff happening. Of course, now that the holidays are almost over, the legal system will grind back into motion. So we'll see some more things happening. But you have good news for us, right? You have a solved case for
1: us. I have a solved case. It's bittersweet, but it's it's at least a solved case. Yeah. Yeah. This is the murder of Jennifer Watkins. She was murdered in Colorado Springs at Memorial Hospital. This happened in 1999. Uh, In 1999, she was sexually assaulted and beaten to death and wrapped in plastic uh, and placed in a stairwell. Mm. And there were persons of interest that were uh, talked to, you know, that were looked at at the time, a lot of people, I mean, it was a big, really busy hospital. And so they had some potential leads, but they didn't have a lot to go on. Uh, Sometime around that time as well, two more bodies were discovered uh, during construction that were also wrapped in white plastic and placed under a stairwell somewhere. And so anyway, this had all happened and they had not had a lot to go on. Again, they interviewed a lot of people, but they didn't have very much evidence. But when they processed the crime scene with Jennifer, they found some hair fibers on her that weren't hers and a yellow-white stain, gross, that turned out to be semen. And they had, and some more biological uh, evidence as well, uh, because she did try to fight back. And so they, there was quite a bit of DNA that they gathered, but this was 1999. They, uh, did not process it at the time. Uh, they actually did take some biological samples from other people. Um, but this is pretty early DNA, you know, and they did run some stuff, but they didn't get any kind of matches and they didn't know. Well, sometime between 2017 and 2018, cold case detectives with the assistance of Parabon uh, Nanolabs, they're a DNA technology company in Virginia that have done a lot of work on cold cases and crime. They did a DNA phenotyping to predict what the person who killed her looked like. So they have the DNA, they have a picture of what he, they think he should look like, but that's all they have because they don't have a match. Well, then in March of 2019, CODIS, uh, the combined DNA index system has a hit and it's a familial DNA hit. So they run that
0: for the win yet again,
1: yet again. So they run that down and they discover that, uh, the person, of, and this was a person of interest at the time uh, that they did talk to a few times. They discovered that the person who killed her is a guy named Ricky Severt uh, from familial DNA tracking them back to Ricky. Uh, bad deal. Ricky was killed in a car accident. So he won't ever be charged because he's already dead, unfortunately.
0: she's not too bad
1: still killing women yeah
0: so did he kill the other ones too did did they identify
1: i believe that that's true or they believe they believe that that's true yeah Mm -hmm. because uh everything was done the same he was killed in a traffic accident in 2001 so actually just two years after these murders he died but I think that uh, the phenotyping is very interesting. Look at the picture of him versus yeah. uh, the phenotype. That's pretty damn accurate. That's pretty, pretty good. Sure
0: so that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If they can get that just from your DNA. Is really, really amazing.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So while he won't ever do time
1: for these crimes, uh, her family at least gets the closure and the other families get the closure of knowing who did it, who did yeah. this. I suspect as well that now that the cat's out of the bag, this was only solved a couple of, uh, on the ninth of this month. I suspect that Sever will be, uh, also found to be the, uh, perp of some other cases as well before mm-hmm. he died. I don't think he stopped, you know? No. And so, oh, did he hang around the hospital or something? He worked there. He was a maintenance man. Yep. Yep. Mm. Which meant he knew all of the ins and outs of the hospital. You know, he knew where the places under the stairs were. He knew where to, how to access the back part, you know, of the hospital that other people don't see. Yeah. 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 Sunshine says he does the time on the other side. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I suspect that we'll see over uh, time here that he'll be, you know, more of these crimes will be linked back to him. But I'm at least glad for her family that there is some kind of closure there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I am too. At least there's some closure. You know, it's not, hopefully we get to a point where we're actually preventing these rather than solving them, you know, 20 years later. But there's some progress here. You know, you look at that phenotype and that is amazing. That is a huge, that's a huge step forward in these cases to actually have a picture like that. Right, that is amazing. amazing.
1: Yeah, amazing, and that's pretty. I think that's pretty accurate. You know,
0: it yeah, it really is.
1: Yep. So that is that is one more solved case. Uh, thanks to DNA, familial yeah. DNA. It's so amazing We're just see are. More and more yeah, and the people are willingly putting their DNA out into the system. Uh, you know, because they want to know where they came from or whatever. And because of that, here we have uh, all of these cases being solved. It's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's, it's powerful. And we'll just, we'll just keep sharing them with you because at least it's a, it's a win, you know? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing in the MAST case is that, you know, there's a lot of people calling for a special prosecutor and all this stuff. And it's like, Guys, they already have the perpetrators here. You know, yeah. it's kind of interesting. Like this case is not really about who did it. We no. know exactly who did it. It's it's more about understanding why and how do we prevent things like that. Mm-hmm. At least in that case, it's not you know waiting twenty years for DNA to come through. At least yeah, the people who did this can get off the street, and that's that's the big movement happening in Missouri, mm-hmm. is to make sure that these folks never see the light of day. Mm -hmm. Well, and to
1: change the laws, because the laws, uh, it's very similar to Idaho, actually, that the laws there are much more friendly to the accused abuser than they are to the victims. Yes. And they're trying to, uh, there is a group of people there that are trying to use this case as well as others to get better legislation uh, Mm -hmm. for victims, you know, of domestic violence and of child abuse to you know, stiffer laws and more access for authorities to step in and I think they'll get it. I
0: do. I think that this case will be the catalyst. Maybe it'll it be will. Jessica's
1: law someday.
0: I hope so because it, you know, it it's disturbing enough. I think it's gonna get some big attention. So
1: I do too. Yeah.
0: Well, you guys, if you can believe it, this is our last show of 2020. It is our last show of season one of True Crime Paranormal, and I think it's actually our 100th show. Wow. How crazy is that? Well, what a day. It's an auspicious day around here, isn't it? It really is. And of course, we owe that to all of you for hanging in here with us as we work at our kinks and figure out who we are and what we what we're doing with this show in the first 100 episodes. And of course, we're going to be back next week with all kinds of stuff and continue all of the work that we've been doing and then some, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it's kind of an amazing thing to end on our 100th show. Yeah. End of our first season on the 30th of uh, December of 2020. We even did this in 2020, you guys, that's pretty crazy. Right. (laughs) Well, we were
1: just discussing this morning. We are very close to our 40th, 40,000th download.
0: Yes. Yeah, we will have that by the weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, we are very near 3,000 subs on YouTube. So we are. Yeah.
0: And we've already hit uh, 100,000 views on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we've already hit 20,000 listening, watch 20,000 watch hours. On yeah. uh, YouTube as well, so yeah, we've hit some major milestones here at the end of the year.
1: We have, and you guys, I have to tell you, our goal when we started <laughs> in February—yeah, we think small. We have to start thinking bigger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when we started in February, our goal was to monetize by the end of the year. <laughs> by the end of the year, what and what it means to monetize is that you have a thousand followers or a th- thousand subs on uh, YouTube, and that you have. I can't even re- remember now 4000 4, listening, 4, listening minutes. Yeah. hours. hours 4000 listening hours. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that was our first that was our goal by the end of this year to be there.
0: And we did it in June in case <laughs> you were wondering. So we yeah, were we 6 months ahead of schedule. <laughs> so. so we can't wait to
1: see what 2021 brings and we'll just keep I know. bringing content we're be here and-
0: for all of us. Yeah.
1: And probably, you know, a fine tuning here and there, just like we have done this year, but we're having the time of our lives.
0: We really are. We're enjoying this very much and enjoying all of you so much. It's really fun to get to interact with you here on YouTube. And, you know, we feel you out there in the podcast world, even if we don't see you and we appreciate yeah. all of you listening. So. Thank you so much, and we were we're we're gonna close season one of True Crime Paranormal. And when you hear yeah. us, we'll be back with season two. So,
1: will we sound different?
0: Probably I don't not. know. We'll do <laughs> will we look different? <laughs> Jr. Still wants our cookbook. That's a twenty twenty one goal, Jr. Yeah. A twenty twenty one goal. Mm-hmm. Well, they weren't true
1: crime out of it, just cooking with the psychic sisters, or
0: oh, maybe I, I don't, don't know. know. I kind
1: of liked all those. Uh, suggestions the other day you know like um i don't know slasher spaghetti or
0: yeah yeah, i could do something really kind of hilarious with that so we're working on it don't worry Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right well you guys know it we're true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters and you have been here with us on our final show of 2020 have a great night and happy new year
1: thanks guys happy new year